Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. My my guys, my people, my Vikings fans, what a week it has been. Welcome to another training camp episode of Viking Hot Takes, the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show. Again, for y'all, we've got Eric Thompson from the Daily Norseman. We've got me, Flip Mozzie, from Climbing the Pocket. And we've got the fans in the comments. Buckle up and let's go, Eric. You've been seeing our favorite team play in person, man. So you must have some of the hottest takes. Am I right? Well, let's just say that the show this week is the shot in the arm that we all need. <laughs> and I've only you, been you to gotta... one, like what yeah I've only been to like one and a half I'm going again on Saturday to the stadium scrimmage and uh again next Thursday but uh I have been keeping close track and yes there is uh plenty to talk about there's some that we probably intentionally aren't going to cover uh you can you can go to Twitter and find all the memes on that but we got plenty to talk about still in our 20 minutes tonight we do and we got to get Dave a drum roll a, a drum roll sound for those jokes that you're starting to crack. I, I love it. I love it. It's a free environment in here. Uh, but hey, let's get started. Let, let's put the minutes on the clock. And we're going to move fast here. So first question, Eric, in the midst of all this chaos, there are practices happening, players improving. So let's go straight to the football field. Who are your MVPs? of training camp so far? Give me one on offense and one on defense. Okay. Well, I think on offense, it ha- kind of has to be KJ Osborne. Like, I mean, most of him, most of everyone had him as kind of a bubble guy at best. And a lot of people had him on, you know, the preseason uh, before training camp started, the 53 man projections kind of had him off the roster because he did kind of a whole bunch of nothing. He, did, he barely got any offensive snaps, didn't do much in the special teams. And now there's a lot of serious talk about him winning that third wide receiver spot with a lot of other con- uh, people contesting for that role, too. So, I mean, a lot of guys will have nice one or two days in camp and they'll make a couple great catches or something like that. And, you know, that happens all, all the time during camp. But Osborne has been putting day after day after day of consistent play. And you, you kind of have to start taking him serious now. I mean, um, I don't think anyone on the team so far has helped themselves more than K.J. Osborne, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And on defense, I think 
I'm, I mean, this might be a cop out, but I think it's Daniel Hunter just because it looks like he's all the way back from that neck injury last year. And, you know, the scary thing that Zimmer said the other day that he's still a bit rusty. And from everything that we've seen, I mean, you've seen, you've seen all the clips on Twitter and you've seen the, the, the recaps and everything. If he can come back, mm-hmm. is that top five edge rusher he was before the injury? That is so huge for this defense. And I think honorable mention might have to go for defense uh, if you're, you know, if Hunter's too easy of a choice because he's already that good. I think Patrick Peterson, and again, he hasn't done and you know anything too revolutionary on the field, but it sounds like he's yeah. uh, really becoming a really strong leader, both you know on the field and off the field for a lot of different reasons. And I thought that was, um, when we were there on Saturday, uh, they they were as a he's going to be a fan favorite too because I think they were a uh, bunch of fans doing the Pat P clap clap, you know, like they were doing that for the for him. And he he stops. And he's like, no, 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 no. P two, so he like he's already go, interacting with the fans a whole bunch. He, he's going to be a fan favorite, and I think he's going to be a really good fit in the Zimmer uh, defense as well. So who do, who do you got for your offensive and defensive MP, MVPs? Yeah, I really love those answers. It's so early on in camp that um, it's not so much about you know who is actually looking great on the field for me. It is kind of what you referred to with Pat Peterson, who's interacting the fan, with the fans who just looks happy to be in purple and happy to be preparing for the 2021 season. So defense, I, I, I have to hand it to Patrick Peterson because he's completely changed the narrative around the young cornerback room. And hopefully that's for the better, but also, you know, the way the guys are interacting with each other right now, um, it just is a completely di- different atmosphere at camp. It just feels like that when everybody on is on the field. Uh, I'll do an honorable mention for Armand Wants because he's getting a lot of snaps. He's stepping up into a role with Mike Pierce, you know, being out. It's his third year. It's a make or break year for him. So getting reps with the first team, I hope he has, you know, a great preseason there. Uh, and on offense, it's again, getting reps with the first team. So it has to be Jake Browning, right? Uh, no, sure. no, I'm just, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> and, and you know, there I, were I no am other cornerbacks. Yes, <laughs> I mean, no, no you want to give him some credit for keeping the 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 ship afloat, but right, is he going to be in the conversation in in three weeks? Because we do have a month. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Irv Smith. Because I think he has an infectious personality as well. Again, it's about an atmosphere that's just different in camp this year. Less intense, more fun. Irv Smith has always been that guy, that rah-rah guy, that cheerleader. And he does look great. He looks the part. He looks like a TE1. Bigger, but just as fast. And he's making some great grabs. You know, making Jake Brownie look good in practice. That's always nice. Those are my answers. Okay. All right. For my first question now, what uh, we're going to stay on that offensive side of the ball. What I see offensive you, change do you... <laughs> Drew Pearson pushed off. I love it. What <laughs> offensive change do you most want to see Clint Kubiak make into 2021, especially compared to his dad, uh, the way that he ran the offense last year? Yeah. You know, Arif kind of broke down what he's seen in the Kubiak scheme early on. In, in camp, it's a great article on The Athletic, yep. and uh, he's not the only one. Every Everybody there says, you know, there's more play action sets. 
more wide receiver motion pre-snap. You know, we've got some wildcat in there with Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison. Um, they're talking bunch formations, and that's all nice and good. I, I like those new wrinkles, but it's it, it, even if they stick for the regular season, that's not really what's going to excite me because the big thing I'm looking for in this offense, we just won't see it until the games are, rule, are, are real. That's the play calling, like more passing in general, more early down passing, passing on second and long. Thank I'm sorry, you. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook doesn't need 400 touches this year if everything goes great. He just doesn't get him involved in the passing game, get the screen game going. And again, when they call those passes, so I'm sure they'll start the year run heavy, which might be fine. But sooner or later, that offense is going to need to to rely on the pass game, and I, I hope Clint Kubiak sees that and is able to be you know, more creative. How, how about you? How do we know Clint Kubiak's really the, ne- the next Sean McVay? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's the promising thing so far. It seems like Clint Kubiak. No, he seems to know where this offense's bread is buttered. He it's, it's those play action. Kirk is statistically amazing. You know, his splits are great with play action. I like that they're, you know, if, if cousins has shown one glaring weakness during his tenure in Minnesota and even with Washington, it's that he does not fare well in a muddled pocket. If it gets messy up the middle, he kind of short circuits. And like, that's, I think they're trying to avoid that at all costs. And that, well, how do you do that? You get it. You have all these designed rollouts. You have the play action. You don't put all the pressure on the offensive line. It's as much as you're hoping it is improved. It's just not, that's it. You, he's, I like that. He seems to be coaching to his personnel. He seems to be implementing a lot of these, you know, the wide receiver end around and jet sweeps, getting that ball in Justin Jefferson's hand and, and, and all sorts of different ways and keeping the, the defenses honest that way. I think that's, that's the most promising thing I have seen so far. He seems to know, you know, with the personnel they have this year, you know, there's no Kyle Rudolph. There's, you know, you have Conklin after Irv Smith, and then it's a whole bunch of unknowns. And the possibilities of, even, you know, we have we talked about Osborne maybe stepping up. If it's not, maybe the uh, D.D. Westbrook is there, or even Amir Smith-Marset, who's had a pretty nice camp so far as a third wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Having more third, three and four wide receiver sets, getting more of that 11 personnel. Because after the last two, three years that the Vikings have been at or v- very near to the bottom, in the percentage of the, the personnel package, I think kind of catching up and not being as run heavy. Yes, they're going to be, you know, they're going, Delvin Cook is going to get his touches, but yeah, it doesn't have to be that many. I'd like to see him get a lot more out of the backfield because he can, he can, he's proven he can catch a lot of passes too. So I just like that it's, it that's the number one thing I think that coaches need to do is look at their personnel. It, you know, that's what Bill Belichick has done for years and years and years. He, he accentuates the positives in his personnel and that kind of just takes care of the negatives because you, if you're if you're just going to your strengths all the time, and, and basically the and the defenses are having trouble stopping, you don't have to expose your weaknesses like that, like having Kirk Cousins uh, look like he has no idea what's happening if there's pressure up the middle. So I, I like what yeah the, it, the early returns are good, but again, you're exactly right. He's got to get that play calling down too. All right, Eric, we're, we're, we're getting we're, we're getting called yeah. out for uh for not drinking on our show. Like that, that's a young man's game. Okay. Eric's got kids to put to bed. We've got work in the morning. Like on Sundays, I'll be drinking Joe. I I, I promise you that. Uh, Next question. Yeah, we'll be quick. (laughs) Eric, the sophomores look better than the rookies plain and simple. So you tell me, is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
I mean, sure, especially at this point in camp. We're, you know, we're, what, seven practices in so far. I mean, the rookies should look like rookies because they are rookies. They're effectively a week or two into their careers. I mean, remember, for as awesome as Justin Jefferson was in his rookie year, it took until week three for the Vikings to be like, oh, hey, we should probably have him, this this guy, start and include him more in his offense. And he had a good camp, but it wasn't like we – no one saw the 1,400 yards coming. No, as, as much as yeah. – he, he, I guess this wide receiver shows some promise. So, again, you're, you're not looking for all these new guys to to jump out right away. It, it'd be nice if they do. That's great. But you want your second-year guys to, to really have a lot more – you know, um, a lot – to look better, especially at this point in the preseason. Now, if we're at the end of the preseason and no rookies have stood out, especially uh, on the offensive line, like if you have Darisaw and Davis and they still haven't really done much, obviously they've been limited thus far in practice. You hope in the preseason games are they're at least you know knocking on the door for trying to get in that uh, their starting positions. It's just yeah, I mean this probably isn't the greatest timing because Jefferson, of course, had his one bad day. It sounded like he had you know a bunch of drops and he had a fumble today. I think he's just getting all of those out. What he had four drops last all of last season, got them all out of the way today. He's going to be great. He's We're not worried about him. Yeah, exactly. No. But that's I I think overall the the this that's where it should be right now because all the second year players have that year under their belt. They know just I mean it's not even the the practices. It's just the the day to day things. They know where everything's at the facility. They they're not learning all these. You know, it's not drinking from a fire hose as much. I mean, just think like of any new yeah. job that you've start. You know, you have I have started. Those first few weeks are just like, oh, I I have no idea what what I'm doing here. You're just trying to survive, and that's what these rookies are going through. So yeah, Ed, don't worry so far. But if you know, again, if there aren't any rookies that step up throughout the entire preseason, that might be a little cause for concern because they're going to have to rely, rely yeah. on some of these players to step up. My only gripe is, man, you start looking at some of those other teams practicing, and maybe there's a there is a North Dakota quarterback who's making plays. Maybe there's a Minnesota Gopher who's making a lot of highlights. So I'm just saying we we could be there right now. But let's go to the next question. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that offensive line, and we think might might have a couple new people on there. We hope at least at one position. So. Week one, from what we know now, there's been some limited playing from the rookies. What will the starting offensive look like in week one, offensive line look like in week one? So I think the actual players are, I mean, everybody has to be in agreement that it's not Darisai, it's not Davis. So if you go left to right, what, that's Rashad Hill, uh, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury. We got Ole Udo at right guard right now. And then Brian O'Neill right tackle. And that's pretty much set. I mean, that's been the the number one rotation for them. So when I see this question, what will they look like? I think it's a coin flip. I think it's 50-50 chance they're better than last year's offensive line. And the 2020 offensive line was terrible. So I don't see short-term upside. Maybe Bradbury and Cleveland take a step. But... I'm just, I'm not looking forward to week one. I think there's going to be some clear growing pains for at least the first half of the year. What do you think? Yeah, I'm right with you. I think it might be slow out of the gate. And, you know, the Cincinnati, that's a nice opponent to have, I think, week one, because that's, you know, there there are a lot better teams that the Vikings are going to face, you know, coming right down, especially that, you know, having the 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 division schedule they do and especially the uh, NFC West schedule that they do. They're going to see some very tough defenses. 
it's it's going to be yeah. I'm I'm not really sold yet, and and I'm okay with Rashad Hill starting the season at left tackle. I think that's fine, especially with Darius mm-hmm. being limited. He has proven he's been a good swing tackle. The wheels aren't going to fall off of Rashad Hill starting the right guard. That's a little more of of a concern with me, just because it's, it, Udo has had a nice camp so far. That's great. Are we completely sold that he's going going to be better? You know, I, you'd you'd have to think he's has to be better than Dozier, and I'm still on. I'm believe me, I'm still on team anyone but Dozier starting at right guard. Um, you just hope that the rookies now that it sounds like Davis and Darius are back at practice now. At least they're pushing for it by week one because that's it. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't have to be awarded it, and you know whatever doghouse Zimmer uh, has put Davis in because he wasn't even in the conversation sometimes, and and when at being asked about right guard sounds like he has an uphill battle but that's okay if Udo is showing that you know I just want the best five guys it doesn't matter name it doesn't matter draft status it doesn't matter where you went to college get the best five man group at least for week one you can adjust as needed going forward but that should be the big thing don't don't you know just because oh it's a wasted first round draft pick because Darius isn't starting right away no if he turns out to be the left tackle of the future that's great he doesn't have to start week one there's no there's no rule saying that and he doesn't have to be a bust right away if he isn't starting especially when you have a good option like Hill so yeah it's going to be pretty interesting uh, to see exactly you know how they start uh, with at the beginning of the season yeah it is not a direct path to success I'll put it that way there's going to be some very interesting iterations of the offensive line this season for the Vikings. But, hey, that's every year. <laughs> okay, I got to right. shout out Mary. I got to shout out Mary quick because she said she was better than yeah. Dozier, and I believe her. <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, and, and and Mr. Shea here is saying that they're going to put Dozier in just to uh, put some more pressure on Kirk, get him out of that plexiglass case he's hiding in. So, <laughs> so you never know. You never know who's going to be in front of him. Uh, okay. Last question, Eric. For me, which side of the ball are you most excited about? I think it has to be the defense. Just because, I mean, this is still a Mike Zimmer team. He is the defensive guru. This is it's how he cut his teeth. And I think after the embarrassment that was last year, and the wheels fell off on just about every way possible. I, I mean, they were putting things together. And the fact that they strung together and what they did until, I think the, the straw that broke the camel's back last year was as soon as, Kendricks went out then there was just there was no way they could stop anything then you get the Elvin Kamara running for six touchdowns on Christmas that's that's I mean there was just no way they were coming back from that but with all the pieces that they have and like I think they have the most both the most to prove and the most to improve this season and I think they really will now I know the what was it yesterday uh Shilkapadia of uh, of the athletic had that uh pretty you know he he projected them to be the top defense in the nfl and i um i'm i'd pump the brakes on that because there are a lot of moving pieces literally that uh, the vikings have to you know uh to to implement before they're even you know whispering in the top five but there's definitely the pieces in place to do it they have they have the people in the middle they have kendricks and Barr back they have mckenzie alexander i mean they got the old the old gang back together they got mckenzie alexander back you know they're they're bringing back sheldon richardson they got the neil hunter back they're i mean at every level they have an elite player and there really aren't any glaring holes and it yes it, it uh the the unfortunate incident the that led to a first round pick getting cut 
Yes, that's terrible. But the cupboard is not nearly as bare as it was last year at corner. They should, you know, we'd already talked about Patrick Peterson providing that leadership, even if he isn't the elite shutdown corner he was the first seven, eight years of his career. I think he's going to be a big help having Alexander back with the familiarity and the attitude. I think you got to talk about it seems like he and Zimmer are pretty simpatico now. They butted heads a lot over the first two seasons. It was basically, if you remember, that Alexander came in and said, I'm not playing nickel corner. And Zimmer's like, no, you are a nickel corner. He comes back from Cincinnati. He's like, yeah, I'm a nickel corner. Now. Like yeah. that's, you know, having the slot corner. Like that's, it, I, I would trust Zimmer, especially when it comes to to, to defensive backs there. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. there is so much, the, the offense, you kind of just hope they maintain. Like we said with the offensive line, you know, if they're as good, we want them to be a little better. The, we, you know, the offense was pretty solid last year. They scored a lot of points. They put up a lot of uh, yards. If they can stay about the, the ranking they were last year, the offense, and have the defense improve as much as we think it can, that could go a long way for this team to, you know, not only make the playoffs and maybe, you know, win a game or two in the playoffs, which is, you know, it seems like a, a bridge too far in the Zimmer era, but I think they could really um, some make some noise if that defense is showed up. Do you, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, this, like you said, it's a Zimmer team. So let's do it. Let's, let's get that number one ranking. I don't know why it should be shy about that. Cause it's honestly the only thing go. that excites me about this team right now, go from 28th to the best defense in the league make Jake Browning's job easier in case he has to do a couple spot starts. And, you know, I'm sure the, the, the playmakers will get the ball. I'm hope Clint Kubiak can get them to it, but from a, from a talent or newness type type, you know, perspective only like maybe a, like Amir Smith Marset really excites me about what's new on offense on defense. Everybody is new. And we've got one of the best schemers and defensive play callers in the game. So that is my answer. The defense is what we're excited about right now. For sure. Okay, we got a minute left. We got to go quick hitting here. Uh, <laughs> which player is your surprise cut from the 53-man roster? Go. Uh, okay, so I'm in a little bit of a dilemma here because I have a lot of guys. But, um you know, let's just say if I get three out of five here, give me credit for it. So number one, D.D. Westbrook hasn't done anything. Uh, so if he if he's gone, that's a surprise cut. Um, Hercules Mataafa, former fan favorite. He's always been overrated, in my opinion. Silent camp for him. So it's time for him to go. Uh, I think there's a lot of competition for that third tight end spot. So Brandon Dillon. Like if they keep the tight end slash punter slash long snapper, I think that would be a little surprising. Um, This is, these are my big ones. Alex Madison and Steven Weatherly. I think Nwangu looks good. He brings a different dimension and they've got some young guys at defensive end. Wow. I was gonna like say Abdullah or something like that, but you are you're, if you're if you're swinging for the fences with Madison, that's that'd be huge. I I, I don't yeah. agree. I think he's gonna make the team, but okay. I, oh well, I mean, looks you good. said surprise, and I said three See? out of five. We can't have you surprise. Me. You did it. You did it. Have the veteran Abdullah. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's it. expecting Chad Beebe to get cut, so I'm I I would not like definitely Alex Madison. You know. The other two running backs play special teams, and he does not. So I hope he has a good camp for his sake. That's another episode of Vikings Hot Takes, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. It was quick. It was fast. It's always going to be that way. 
Maybe that's why we don't drink, because it's hard to chug a beer while you're spitting out these fire takes. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the fans. Eric, you got any closing comments? Nope. That's, uh, let's hope for a slightly quieter week and uh, we can focus a little more about football. I'm, I'm, I, I've, I fired off all my memes and my uh, – RIP yeah. Case Cookus, we, we, we love you. Uh, we, we you know, should have got more of a shot. But. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, we'll do Vikings cold takes next week, hopefully. Pray for a slow week, injury-free week, and skull Vikings. For sure. Take it easy, y'all. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Let's go, everybody.